Hello, adventurers. You have found Homebrew Heels, a Nat One Life podcast. I am one of your hosts, hostesses, Amanda. <laughs> My sister Sarah and I will be talking you through some of the Nat Ones we've rolled in the medical health areas of our life. We are not medical professionals by any means, although I personally have watched quite a bit of Grey's Anatomy. We will be sharing our experiences, how we're advocating for our health, what the experience is like in all its details, good and the gross, the cost of the adventure, and most importantly, how we are working to stay happy and motivated through it all. Journey with us and start to find your way through this net one So, Sarah, are you just loving being a shit specialist and a fecal philiac? <laughs> I don't know if I would call myself that quite yet. Not yet, but Not you're yet. on your way. I am on my way to being a specialist, yeah. I think that even the specialists out there could learn some things. Because ultimately, <laughs> like, we're... We're not perfect. We can't remember everything out there and whatnot. And I think there's a lot of information that kind of gets lost or forgotten. Absolutely. And I think one of those things is what we're going to talk about today. And the question that I have for you is, have you ever heard before doing this research of gut flora or having a gut microbiome no not at all yeah people i never thought i would be you know becoming a scientist at 37 years old but i'm pretty sure that all this poop research is exactly what is happening i'm slowly becoming a scientist never um, too late <laughs> right or i guess technically i always was one if you use a scientific process <laughs> you're a scientist um Anyway, but uh, doing this poop research, Sarah, I came across some really interesting things and it made me stop and think. And one of those was specifically about gut flora. Okay. And explain um, to me, what is that? So gut flora is also known as um, gut microbiota or I don't know how to say it, biota. Um, but it is a collection of organisms that are in our gut, mostly in our intestine, um, that include bacteria, fungi. Um, and so all of this is living in our gut and it is designed to break down our food normally. And, and so, sorry, go they, ahead. They start in your intestine, they're, they're located in your intestines, not your stomach? They're all over your body, but the majority of um, these microbes that we have are in our gut. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so the gut has the largest number of bacteria and the greatest number of species compared to any other part of the body. So this is what freaks me out. It's like there's a whole fucking world living inside us. Yeah. Like, okay, you know the movie where they're the emotions? Yeah. Uh, inside Out. Inside out. It, it, I was reading all of this stuff, doing this research, and immediately I thought about inside out. Like, these little, like, bacteria and little guys all down there, like, oh, what you doing? Shoveling the shit today, you know? Like, 
oh, I have to go eat over here at this corner of the colon. Um, you know what it reminds me of? Hmm. Forget, do you, did you see Osmosis Jones? No, that's a cartoon, yeah. Yes, that's yeah. a cartoon movie, but it's like, <laughs> it's exactly what you're talking about, where they're essentially like bacteria or different uh, organisms uh-huh. within somebody's body that is real life. So it's one of those movies that flips between cartoon and real life. But in it shows like how like the virus goes through his body because and he just gets the cold but they try to fight it off oh and, my god and he, he like he takes some medication and as the medication goes inside of him it turns into like the cartoon version he's an active like character in the movie it's an amazing movie i found I'll it hilarious I'll have to go watch it because that yeah. sounds amazing. Um, and have you ever seen um, the one? Oh my god, Inner Space. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorites. They get injected in there. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, so that's kind of like what I'm experiencing or picturing right down there, and um, it's really oh my gosh, it's just so curious. Like I think science is just fascinating and Mm -hmm. if I had more like dedication to it I would totally be a scientist but there's so many species in there so the colon Mm -hmm. within all of that so right your your gut has the most microbes in your entire body the colon itself contains the highest microbial density in any habitat on earth Mm, oh dang yes with up to 10 to the 12th power of cells per gram of intestinal content (laughs) what it's crazy i'm just laughing because it's to me it's like it's because how our body processes and that's just where it all comes out so are they just like gathering there because that's where the flow the flow of your poop is going no they're there because they have to process the poop like it's just one of those things where it's like our bodies are fucking amazing um and we put more of them in by what we eat so Mm, sure it's really interesting so remember last week we talked about what poop is yep because of the abundance of this bacteria and these different species because there's up to a thousand different species of bacteria living inside our bodies people Mm mm-hmm hypochondriacs you're probably freaking out because you're like they're in me the abundance in the intestine they that bacteria also makes up 60 percent of the dry mass of feces because the majority of poop is the bacteria that we're shitting out yeah yeah so there's also fungi and the archaic the thing i can't pronounce viruses all this different stuff we don't actually know why they're there we don't know what they do but they're there in everybody And they're not the same ones, obviously, but they're there in everybody. And then the other thing is you and I both know because we have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth Mm -hmm. that that bacteria can feed differently. And so what I found really interesting about gut flora research is the relationship between some gut flora, some of those microbes and human and us humans and our bodies is not a non-harmful coexistence. It's a mutualistic relationship is what they're called. So 
some of the microorganisms within us benefit by eating certain things. So the small, like our SIBO, any sugar, anything that's highly fermentable, they love it. And it like, they want to eat it and all of that stuff. And so that can be detrimental. But at the same time, if you're eating the right things, it could be creating vitamin B and vitamin K and releasing all these amazing things into your body to help with inflammation within your body, which inflammation can cause a lot of different problems. And so it's really, I don't know, it's just really, really interesting to me the amount of stuff we don't know about the bacteria that's in our body. When I was about to say that, so they know that these bacteria and like these organisms are there, but Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily know everything about them. Exactly. And so that's why probiotics and Mm -hmm. prebiotics are so popular right now, but are not FDA approved. And what is a a probiotic and prebiotic supposed to do? Yes. So a probiotic is um, something that it's like usually a pill, right? But you can actually like read on the sides of the bottles which organisms are in here. And it will tell you, oh, this one has lactobacillus and this one has, um, these are one of the two most popular Mm-hmm. lactobacillus which is the one that's like most commonly in yogurt because it's from lactic acid from milk mm. and um by by phytobacteria um and so those are two types of gut flora and then you take them because you're saying like oh my my, my gut flora is obviously out of whack okay so mm-hmm. i'm going to take this to try to get it better so you're Mm -hmm. introducing this bacteria now the problem is it's not fda approved um a lot of the bacteria is dead it's been sitting on a shelf for a long time so it's not super effective you know it's not like really doing what it should but you can also get this bacteria by eating certain things like yogurt like you know and those are actually active like they are those are active cultures correct yeah Mm -hmm. but it's also a lot of sugar so you have to consider like for us with SIBO Mm -hmm. I should we should not be eating yogurt we shouldn't be eating anything milk (laughs) nothing with that kind of sugar in it you know etc because all it's going to do is produce a lot of gas and fermentation and cause us to be uncomfortable and you know yada 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 and so that's really not the best for us, but. Well, and I'm reading, so I'm reading prebiotic. Uh-huh. And this uh, says that, uh, so prebiotics are types of dietary fiber that feed the friendly bacteria yep. in your gut. And mm-hmm. it says to, the benefits is to ferment foods faster. So they spend less time in your system. And I was like, okay, right. that's, that's great. Like, with the SIBO, we have a fermentation issue. But then it goes on to say that helps you not get constipated. Right. I was like, well, some people don't have that issue. So is yeah. it going to be all of a sudden like a laxative? Like, Yes. So that's the thing. So that's what it, one of the things is like when I was doing a lot of research, Paul did a ton of research on gut flora because he is really concerned. He wants me to live a long time with him. You know, he's concerned about my yeah. health and that like the gut is really what's going to take me out. Right. And yeah. 
And so he's like doing all this research about gut flora. And what he found was there, uh, there's a lot of research to help people not get constipated. But if you have an overrun of bad bacteria or bacteria, it's not bad. It's just out of balance, right? Sure. Out of balance bacteria. The only way to really control it is antibiotics. But then you're killing all the bacteria. Yeah. And then we get to talking about fecal transplants. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So when did you first discover this? Because you're the one that told me about this. And (laughs) I just, I, to this day, still can't believe that this is the point of where medical history is being made. (laughs) Yes. So a fecal transplant. Okay. So honestly, the first place I saw it was Grey's Anatomy. Um, oh nice okay okay. there was this episode it was super funny I'll have to on the blog I'll make sure to list the episode number but this lady comes in and she is convinced that she has had a staph infection on her face it's a fucking pimple okay her husband comes in with her well she took old antibiotics or something like that or antibiotics that she got prescribed illegally whatever and now she can't stop shitting Okay. She's like, I have diarrhea all the time. I don't feel good, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you sound like me. Like that sounds like me on a regular basis. Well, what they determined was they, she killed all the healthy bacteria in her gut by taking these antibiotics and she had to have a fecal transplant. And so a fecal transplant is also known as a bacteriotherapy and it's the transfer of stool from a healthy donor into the gastrointestinal tract tract of the for the purpose of treating recurrent C. diff, which is a um, C. difficile colitis. It's a specific bacteria, um, can, or I'm sorry, a specific condition that has this organism, the C. difficile, I'm probably saying that wrong, organism. Anyway, but it's specifically made so that it can help you battle recurring colitis. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's the exact procedure. They do it by colonoscopy, but sometimes they do it. They do it. And on Grey's Anatomy, how it was done was uh, through nasoduodenal, uh, nasoduodenal tube. And okay, going um, up your nose. Which I believe is up your nose. Let me just verify this. Because that's how they did it on the show. But, you know, it's a show, people. Right. So we don't know. Oh, yeah. No, through your nose. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, so they do go. It goes through your nose and all the way into your stomach. So I don't want people to think, like, you're literally eating shit or, like, scooping it like ice cream. That's not what's going on. Um, You get a sedative. They give you fluids. Um, They put you you out for it so you don't have to suffer through what's happening. Well, you're sedated, not so much put out, but you're like, ooh, I feel great. Anyway, and so, um, but you also have to go through, like, a liquid diet because you have to get everything out. You want all the bad stuff out. And um, basically like a clean slate and they introduce it. And the theory is, and it's proven like this, it works. It's supposed to be really yes. restorative. Um, but the, the procedure is they're introducing that healthy gut flora, that healthy gut bacteria that you need. And the reason why they do it from somebody, you know, is because you share daily bacteria and germs with them. So you're less likely to get sick from like, oh, this guy from India gave me his shit and now I have some weird parasite that I've never been exposed to in my life. You know what right. I mean? Like Some sort of virus that you weren't... Right, aware. like the people in Mexico can drink the water and not be affected by it because they've been drinking it since they were born. 
mm-hmm. versus we go down to Mexico and drink the water and then we got the shits and a parasite. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so fecal transplant is a thing. Um, and like you said, it totally does work. Yes, it totally does work. And the reason why they do it usually is if you're over 65 and you're having all of these issues and maybe they've tried like antibiotic therapy. Like for me, I really feel like it's getting to this point where I've done the antibiotics so many times mm-hmm. and nothing's changing. And if I continue to have this chronic pain and, you know, everything going on, then they may decide I need this. Um and so only 30% of the people treated have infections that return within a few weeks, which means it's mm-hmm. like 70% restorative. Now, do you know what they do uh, with the donor's poop? Like, so do they, how do they know that it's going to work? How do they know that their poop is going to be good enough to restore your own guts? So, um, I believe they go through like a question, they ask, they go through a questionnaire and then they have to do a poop. They have to do a poop test. They have to do blood tests. So it's not something that's like, I'm in the emergency room. Oh, you need a fecal transplant. That's not what's happening. It's a longer process. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they have to do blood testing to check for certain things, obviously stool testing to check for certain things like certain parasites and bacteria that are bad. So they do tests for those. Um, yeah. And then they, nice. yeah, that's what it is. So nice. They just do some testing. Now I do believe, and it, it talks about the procedure on what to expect from the receiver's end, but not the actual like preparation of the stool. Mm, because mm-hmm. I imagine that it actually goes through a cleaning type process to get rid of bad stuff, but I don't know because well, you don't want to overclean it. The whole point is to introduce the bacteria. Well, and they have to somehow process it because if somebody has normal poops, solid poops, they're and they're going through your nose, like yeah. they're they're gonna have they're to process it, into, it somehow. Yeah. They're making it into some kind of paste or right. That's so gross. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So fecal transplants is one of the ways to get um, good gut flora back in. It is obviously the extreme way, but there are diets out there. There are apps even that you can uh, track your micro micronutrients and different things like that, um, and different things that you're introducing into your body. That's interesting, actually, mm-hmm. keeping track of that. Yeah. Um, So, like, there's a list of things that you can do in order to improve your gut bacteria. And so this might be fun for us to try um, some of these things. Um, But one of them is you have to eat a diverse range of foods. So one of the things in America especially is we tend to eat very carb-heavy, very sugar-heavy food. Mm-hmm. We don't get as much variety in terms of our fruits and vegetables like we should. And one of the ways to get a really amazing range of gut flora is to eat a range of colors in your fruits and vegetables. Oh, there you go. Yep. So <laughs> on our side with SIBO, the problem with that is fruits and vegetables tend to be very high in fiber and that can irritate yeah. SIBO. 
So things like they're like, eat broccoli. We shouldn't be eating broccoli. Right. Yeah. Eat beans. Absolutely no fucking beans. Absolutely eat whole not. grains. My doctor told me not to eat whole grains. You know, so it's like our list gets smaller and smaller. And then therefore the the flora that those microbes are introducing are getting fewer and fewer. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally does. That so that's it is interesting. However, there are so okay, so they recommend broccoli, but there is an alternative to broccoli, correct? Like so I mean, anything can help in terms of like the vegetables, but these these specific items were are mm-hmm. known to increase your good gut bacteria. And most of these items, we cannot eat. Yeah. Apples? Nope. Artichokes? Nope. Blueberries? Yes. But think about how many... Think (laughs) about how many you'd have to eat. Right, exactly. That's the other thing, is quantity. So... And blueberry... Fruit in general is sugar. And so you're going to shit your pants if you're like, oh, I ate enough blueberries in order to improve my gut flora. But then I had so much sugar that I just shit it all out anyway. Right. Well, and I'm thinking, okay, if beans is on the list, okay, I can have like one bean. We can do that just to improve some. Right. Did that get the flora I needed? Right. So anyway, these are all shown to, um, to help with specific bacteria. This one was the bifidobacteria in humans and it's one of the most beneficial to help prevent intestinal inflammation so it's just very interesting then they talk about eating fermented foods because fermented foods naturally have bacteria that's what causes them to ferment so yogurt kimchi kombucha um kombucha whatever however you say it all of those things but again we are not supposed to eat those because we already have fermentation problems. Right. So, okay. So I'll ask you this then. Because we were just talking about fecal transplant and everything. Mm-hmm. So there, obviously there's different options out there. Like, we have choices uh, for us because our severity and whatnot. Um, would you choose to try and eat the foods you're not supposed to eat to see if that works? Or are you considering a fecal transplant? At this point, I think what I'm I'm going to do on a high gut flora diet and try to match up with the SIBO diet, right? Because I don't want to introduce a whole bunch of sugar into my body knowing that I'm trying to kill off this bacteria. Sure. And so I'm thinking while I'm on the antibiotics, which is normally seven to 10 days, Mm -hmm. Um, that I do SIBO diet strict for that two weeks to just kill off everything. Don't give it a chance. You know, it's only two, it's only not even two weeks. I can do that. And then eat a a high gut flora diet. Okay. See what happens. Okay. Nice. What are your thoughts? I think that's a good plan because you're obviously you're starting with something that's not invasive and you're starting with, uh, potentially something that you are resolving on your own other than the antibiotics uh clearing out the system before then so Mm -hmm. i will be honest i don't think it will work (laughs) i don't think so either i think i need a fecal transplant but i'm willing to try it before you know i have to eat somebody's shit 
Right, exactly. Like yeah. willing to try. I think it's that is a great idea. Yeah. Um, I just think as soon as you get that fruit in your mouth, it's gonna be poop central. Uh, for sure. I'm gonna be like, what you eat today? Yogurt and blueberries. And 30 minutes later, I was shitting my brains out. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, I can totally see that happening. And it's all balanced. I think I'll keep a, ju- a food journal during that time so I can post it on the blog and show oh, people like this is what I've been eating and this is what my poop has been like. So. We'll have a log log and a food log. So (laughs) anyway, but yeah, gut flora, really, really interesting. I would encourage everybody to do some reading about it and talk to your doctor about it. If you're experiencing any type of weird poop situation, ask them about a prebiotic or a probiotic. Would it be helpful? Is there something that, you know, you could start eating or add into your diet if it's just once a week having, you know, like you do, Sarah, adding in spinach to your salad mix. Mm-hmm. You have a dark leafy green and that's adding in these additional microbes and that you need in order to have the best digestive health. And it usually shows the next day. <laughs> <laughs> we learned about that last research episode. Right. Why is my poop green? You probably <laughs> ate something green. Right. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes. That's that's right. I recall. <laughs> yes. Um. Anyway, so. so- Really interesting. Yeah. So then, okay. So talking about talking or speaking with your doctor uh, in regards to your gut and if you should be taking or eating anything specific, I know the whole point of this podcast for Loot the Booty Homebrew Heels is to make this more widely known, to make the discussion of poop not taboo any longer. Yeah. So... Have you done any research as to why it even became like Taboo. this? Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's real. It's it's interesting because our society has a culture around the world, humans, whatever. We have obviously evolved over time. Um, but there's a lot of secrecy in our earlier years as humans, you know, our earlier historical years, um, between it, Well, okay. There's a couple of things. One, we didn't have the research abilities like we do now. Sure. We didn't have the widespread knowledge. And right. there was also things that just didn't get talked about. So if you think about like sex in general, um, didn't get talked about because of religious, um, overtones throughout all of history you know with humans and i definitely think it's like similar to sex discussion it's where at one point it could have been deemed normal or to a certain extent normal and then we just hit this certain time period and it just became no no right and or because of the proximity to other parts of our body is just Mm -hmm. something that we didn't talk about. Um, But then it was really weird because in my research, okay, guys, I, I don't even want to know. We were talking about this last night at D and D, but my internet search history has got to be all (laughs) fucking weird. They probably have a team of people just assigned to try to figure out what my agenda is because between the baby's blood volume, the, what were we talking about last night? Something else got brought up last night that was some crazy stuff. Yeah, and then did. all the poop research that I'm doing, they're probably like really, really confused about 
what I have going on in my life. Um, NSA, if you're listening right now, I'm just as confused as you are. I don't know what's going on. Um, no. So when I was doing my research about poop history, this apparently still does happen in some cultures, but it's common to smell the poop of royalty. Really? Yes. Have you heard Why? about this? Louis the, what was it? 14th? Yeah. Um, he wanted people to know what he was doing at all times. So he would have his person <laughs> with him. And it's really, it was actually kind of ahead of his time, if you think about it. Okay. Because he wanted, he was like, he wanted a Twitter account in Oh, dang. Okay, okay. So at any point, anywhere in France, everybody would know what the king was doing. Okay. If you had a watch and a calendar, you could know what he was doing because somebody was always with him and they took an account of everything that was happening. Sure. Well, that included the pooping, the dressing, the bathing, um, you know, like all of that stuff. And so... Anyway, so it's like the king awakes at eight and then he's surrounded by his first valet and then the surgeons and he gets his checkup and he does this and he does that and they smell his poop. And the poop was a lot about to do with like sickness. Are you healthy? They would look at it. They would look at the consistency of the poop. Are you healthy? The other thing about poop that I came across was before plumbing, poop was everywhere. Legit mm-hmm. everywhere. People would have buckets yes. and then dump them out their window. Yeah, that's actually one of, like, the main reasons as to why a lot of, like, sicknesses spread and yes. whatnot is because the hygiene condition of some of those major cities was disgusting. Right. So then if you think about how science kind of evolved, right, and it's like, oh, this hygiene and the sickness and it's poop and it's blah, blah, blah. And it's right next to those body parts that are sacred and we shouldn't be seeing them and, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, it goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. It just became something you just don't talk about. It's it's um, aligned with illness. It's aligned with impropriety. You know, if you talk about it, you're improper. It's not of good breeding. It's not of good manners. So, and and that's what I found. So, yeah. looking it up, uh, like, just doing a quick search as why is talking about poop taboo and whatnot, a lot of people, uh, I mean, they've been, like, a lot of historians trying to figure out how humans have been evolving and, like, mm-hmm. different civilizations and whatnot. And they're coming down to it actually, like, in some areas, it's not. It's just, it seems very much so, like, as we were coming into, like, Western civilization and uh, where the cultures were really starting to develop and move forward and whatnot, it, it became taboo for some countries because they were trying to, it was more of, like, a control thing. Mm-hmm. So, they started developing... Like, um, what is proper manners, like you were saying, and mm-hmm. uh, what should be done in 
the sake of conversation. So Mm -hmm. I actually wonder if the discussion of poop becoming taboo is actually a lot newer than we think. I think that it is. Like, I honestly think probably within the last, I don't know, 250, 300 years. Right. Something like that. Right. Because it would have been such a normal part of daily life. Like, I have to go out to the place to poop. Or I have to poop in this bucket in front of other people. And then somebody else has to empty my poop. You know, like, it had to have been more common. Right. And I, uh, and going back to, like ancient times they say that ultimately that obviously there's no not a whole lot of information because mm-hmm. it's not like they're documenting poop right. <laughs> back then that's not important everybody does including the animals but what they do have is that we we took note just like animals that you should poop in certain places yes to avoid getting sick mm-hmm but that's it. Like we were smart enough to be hygienic or to prevent ourselves. I shouldn't say hygienic, prevent mm-hmm. ourselves from serious illness. But it, it was something that every living creature did. Yeah, exactly. You have to do it. So why should it be something that we're not willing to talk about and yeah so I don't it had to have been something I almost wonder if there's a religious I couldn't find anything specific um like this happened and there was like a declaration made by some guy and it was like poop is evil like I couldn't find anything like that and so I do think it's like you said something that slowly evolved over time where enough households have just said we don't talk about poop yeah and then we just don't talk about it (laughs) but it's so strange like I find it very interesting that this is new that it's not something that has been around for a thousand years or what have you and and it does look like so I don't think even more so that it wasn't one instance or like something like a large event or anything I I do think it was just people over time collectively just started doing this because Mm -hmm. there's books out there from hundreds of years ago that discuss like the proper way of living or how society should be Mm -hmm. and and it talks about you don't talk about poop yeah exactly um and I actually wonder if like plumbing indoor plumbing Mm. created a turn so anyway yeah a little poop history for you guys but right the point of our story is talk about poop Make sure your kids are comfortable talking about poop mm-hmm. um, because they could go their whole adult life with a problem and not know because they've never talked about it. We're open about it with James, with our son. Yeah, we talk about poop on a regular basis up in here. Obviously, this morning I talked about my poop with you because I was yeah. like, late late to recording because, you know, I was pooping. <laughs> so, And I have to poop again. Oh, there you go. See, yeah. still moving through you. Exactly. That coffee just finished up, so... Talk about poop. Mm-hmm. Talk about gut flora. Understand that the food that you're putting into your body does impact how you digest um, different things. Eat a rainbow, people. Eat the rainbow. There you go. Eat the rainbow. 
Not the Skittles. Not Skittles. There you go. <laughs> Exactly. Um, but we hope you guys found this interesting. And if you have any other topics about poop that you'd like us to research, please reach out and let us know. Yeah, there is most certainly more to come. Thank you, adventurers, for joining us today. We hope this helped you find tips and tricks to loot the booty. Find us on natonelife.com and check us out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to follow us more on our day to day. May your poop be regular and bubbles minimal. Stay, Stay sassy, sassy and gassy. gassy. Till, Till next, next time. time. Nice. <laughs> Child of love, a nat one like, a nat one like. You work all day at make no pay, and debt is mounting every day. A nat one like, a nat one like. 